enjoy we enjoy entertaining here yeah. at the house. And you know, like you said, when you have big parties over the summer and you know you're the one working the grill and the pizza oven you're like hi bye yeah like hopefully can someone come over here with a beer and have a conversation with me yeah. so i can kind of be part of it but it's something about people and gatherings and food and just the whole process and the atmosphere i agree with you you just can't beat it Welcome to the Rising Father Podcast. I'm Chris Rodak. I've got Paul DiPolito with me. He has an awesome Instagram channel called The Life of Dad. If you're hungry and if you just want to see some great dad stuff, check it out. Welcome, Paul. Thank you very much for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. You bet, man. So I love your channel. I love looking at amazing cooking videos that you've got. So Thank you. What made you want to start that? All right. So um, in a nutshell, um, you know, kind of felt a little out of sync with myself because prior to starting it, go back about a year and a half, um, we had my oldest who was uh, two and a half at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I have two boys um, and we decided to throw a house on the market and sell and move to a different place because the backyard and whatever wasn't conducive. You already outgrew it. Yeah. Um, so that kind of started the whirlwind. My wife at the time was, I don't know, two months pregnant with number two. Um, so we started the process, sold the house quick, then had to get the new house. And then it was two months in between at the in-laws, which they saved us big time. So it was just a whirlwind. Then moving into the new house, actually number two was born while at my in-laws house. Um, yeah, so that was crazy. Actually at at the house? At, no, 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 no. Like at the hospital, but we brought him home. We brought him home to my in-laws. Got it. That's just like a water birth or something. Yeah. No, 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 um, no, thank God. Um, but yeah, so, so that was nuts. And then moving in and just everything, you know, it, I just kind of, I wanted something to kind of um, keep myself accountable because I felt like I wasn't just, wasn't at my best in general. It wasn't bad or anything like that, but I wasn't at my best. I knew I was missing something of who I am. So I figured, all right, let me, see if I could do something here that could just kind of keep me accountable. And then I started talking to my buddy um, who I haven't seen since high school. He moved down to North Carolina years ago and he has this barbecue page. And I was like, Joe, is this you? Blah, blah, blah. And we started talking and he got me because I actually needed a new grill at the time. And he was, he talked me into buying a Traeger. Yeah. So I bought a Traeger and still this whole online Instagram thing was just like maybe a far off thought. Like there wasn't really anything. And then I really, I've always enjoyed cooking. I'm, I'm Italian and Greek. Uh, so I grew up in that type of household, always around food, learning, being in the kitchen with my mom, um, who's a fantastic cook. And basically I was talking to him and I really got involved with the Traeger. I really enjoyed it. And I was talking to him and kind of like, you know, I was thinking about this dad thing, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Paul, do it, man. He goes, do it. You got a personality for it. And I like your angle because my thing was, I can't, you can't pay me to not be myself and be fake. So there's what I've seen about dad content online prior to doing any of this Mm -hmm. is it's either being a better dad, like what you have. Um, you know, and just being like more diligent and growth and, you know, perseverance and all that stuff, or it's more of a comedy based 
one with like skits that they come up with, which is great. And they are hilarious. Um, and it kind of like poking fun at dad, mm-hmm. husband, wife, which is fine because it is funny, but I can't do that. I can't do that. So my thing that I even said to my friend is I just got to be myself. Like I can't do one or the other. I'm just yeah. going to kind of live my life and throw things out there. And when I kind of ran it, when I spoke with it, uh, about, with, about it to my wife, my wife is a lot more private than I am. I'm fine with being out there. I think that's just the only child in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, look, she's like, it's fine. Like do it. Like, I think it's a great idea. And she took the words out of my mouth. Cause I was going to do this. And anyone who follows me knows this. I don't show my kids faces. That's just me. You know what I mean? I find that I, because they're so young too, they don't need to be out there. They don't need to be part of this online world. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it started. And I figured the best avenue to kind of gain a community and a following would be the barbecue space because I was cooking so much right then yeah. and there. And then I kind of lucked out with it being summer and I kind of rolled into lawn videos, which everyone seems to like. Everyone likes a nice lush carpety lawn. So mm-hmm. it was good. But that's kind of, I know it was a long nutshell, but that's how it um, came to be. Awesome. Yes, yeah, so you just kind of sharing what you love to do. Yeah, that's, I, it's literally my life. That's what it is. Like there's times where like I'm, I grew up, I mean, I was born in the mid eighties, so I don't know how old you are, but I think we're around the same age. And, you know, Oh, how old are you? 35. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm 30. I'll be 38 in November. So like, you know, the dad with the big camcorder, or it was just like on the tripod, just filming every single second of like someone's birthday for no reason whatsoever. So like now that we don't have that anymore, like I'm someone who like at, you know, family functions, I'll just take out my phone and just like record. So I just do that naturally. And a lot of the stuff with the kids that kind of come up is just for me being with my kids, just trying to capture moments, you know? Mm-hmm. And if there's something there that I want to share, then I share it. There's a lot of things that I have that I have never shared because there's, I, I didn't want to. It's a little too private, you know, with the kids and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so it's just me being me and living life of a dad. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to watch and other guys love seeing it and, you know, they can actually flat out learn how to cook from watching your, your channel. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, look, I mean, it, you know, work, family life, the whole nine, a lot of my stuff is quick, easy, simple meals. Um, it's nothing crazy. A lot of time it's just steak with a vegetable and a salad, you know, but it's, it's more about, need, yeah, it's all you need. And, you know, so it, it's a lot of fun. I still haven't done a um, brisket yet. I've been mm-hmm. trying to gear up. I've the, never um, done brisket either. I, I don't know where I'm going to get 16 hours of time no, yeah, to dude. do it. You know, so, so far a pork butt for pulled pork has been my biggest one. That's like eight yeah. hours. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm love outdoor cooking as well. I have a pizza oven in my backyard nice. and I've got like a Brazilian, have you ever gotten like a Brazilian steakhouse? No, I haven't actually. Oh man. Well, if you love steak, you gotta go. All right. So tell me about it. So a Brazilian steakhouse is called a churrasca or churrasquia, whatever the name is. And you go... And it's just a buffet, but the only thing you eat is meat. So you sit at a table and you have a a cardboard card. One side is green. The other side is red. Whenever you turn your card green, they come over with a huge skewer with filet mignon or ribeye or any, they have usually 20 cuts of steak or something. And they just take it right off of the grill and they shave you a hot piece of steak. Oh, wow. And they do that until you turn your card red. 
that sounds like my kind of place. It's amazing. There's a, the, the, there's a good chain called Texas Day Brazil. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's up here. Where are you at? What area? I'm on Long Island, New York. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure they have one there. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but the great thing about it, like I, I love steak, but the only downside is whenever I want a lot of steak, you have to order a big piece, and by the end, it's like cold. Mm-hmm. So, the, so this every single piece is perfectly hot. Nice. So they, so they bring you a, a cut of steak. They shave a sliver off. They put that on your plate. You eat it. Then some someone else comes over with a new. They even bring lamb. Then you take a sliver really? off that, and it can last like two and a half hours. And you don't get really oh. full because you're only eating like a yeah. fourth full at a time. Yeah, yeah. That oh, is amazing. That's an experience. Yeah, it's amazing. That really is. Wow. You I will have to look that up. I will definitely have to check that out. Texas Day Brazil. I'm sure they have one. But yeah, so I built one. I went to that a few times. My buddies fell in love and then built like a, a fire brick version in my backyard. Nice. Yeah, I just do that. I have big parties with my friends over. We cook meat, just shave them steak, put some Parmesan cheese on it. Oh, That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That one, if I'm ever in your neck of the woods, I'll definitely shoot you to text to see if you're doing that while I'm there. <laughs> Dude, that'd be great. We can make some good food together. Make some good yeah. content too. Hands down. Hands down. Wait, so let me ask you a question. To go back yeah. to the pizza oven, is yeah. it uh, which brand? Is it like the Uzi or Umi? No, I'm, I built it. Um, oh. It's like a Tuscan style brick pizza oven, but nice. I, built, I built it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I was asking because that was my first, uh, real, my second job when you were allowed to work back when we were growing up. And I just, I fell in love with the pizza industry and the whole prospect of it. And that's something that we do at the house. Like obviously in the oven, inside your home, you got to use a pan, but on the Traeger Mm -hmm. and even on a grill, um, I'm I'm talking about like open flame cooking. Uh You throw it right on the grill. There's a whole way to do it. Um, It's, it's a lot of fun and it it comes out like really paper thin, that nice char on the bottom. It's just a different style. You know, but uh, a neighbor across the street from me, he was, when I was growing up, he was from Sicily and he had an old school Italian like brick oven. And it is just like, you just can't beat it. It's just incredible. It's just yeah. uh, an amazing experience. Cause I built it um, like when my son was one and okay. ever since then, like every, almost every Sunday, we just a family event in the backyard. Like we make the dough from scratch. We make the sauce from scratch. Oh, nice. We, it takes two hours to get the oven hot enough. And then, you know, the, the pizza's in there for 60 yeah. seconds. Yeah. My, kid, my kids are such pizza snobs now. Okay. Okay. Like huge, huge pizza snobs. Cause like, it's so not to brag, but it's effing good. Like <laughs> the pizza we make is so damn good. That's fantastic. And they've just been having it their whole life. And then we have big parties over. The most I've ever made is I've big I have eight brothers and sisters and they all kind of live in the area. Wow. Okay. So bring everyone over and I'll make like 32 pizzas. Wow. Which is, yeah, it's like I don't get to socialize, which can be yeah. good and bad. Yes, but I, as we all but, know. Yeah. So, so so I'm just like, yeah, there I'm it's just the guy working the pizza oven. Yeah. But it's also great. It's also the best smoker I've ever had. So oh, yeah, I, I had I bought a couple smokers over the years, but nothing is as good as the as this big brick pizza oven. And I built a door. It's like a concrete door. Okay. And I shut it with I let the, the, the flame go down to like coals and then I'll put just like a log in there. So it, just, it doesn't burn. It just smokes. Yeah. Same thing, I've made pork butt, pork shoulder in there. You just you stick it in. Oh, you let it just smoke all night in the morning. You open it up. It's, it's amazing. It's just falling off. That's fantastic. I never yeah. even thought about that like in the sense of how you did that that's awesome yeah it's amazing 
I love cooking. It's fun. It's, you know what, it's a great outlet. And, you know, I enjoy, we enjoy entertaining here at the house. And, you know, like you said, when you have big parties over the summer and, you know, you're the one working the grill or the pizza oven, you're like, hi, bye. Yeah. Like, hopefully, can someone come over here with a beer and have a conversation with me so I can kind of be part of it. But it's something about people and gatherings and food and just the whole process in the atmosphere i agree with you you just can't beat it yeah it's great for your kids too it's a whole family thing like it's nice to be able to learn skills from you and grow up around the oven and yeah you know just being around food it's just like comforting for kids i agree i agree with so, you so you italian obviously yep. and greek um, yes did you have a big family growing up or what was that like so immediate family just me i'm an only child Uh, Me and my parents, um, obviously, but um, I have, uh, my mom has one sister. So I had cousins locally with Mm -hmm. uh, maybe like three towns away, 15 minute drive away. Um, My dad's side is more upstate New York, but even though they were upstate New York, about two hours away, we would see them constantly, like constantly, uh, especially because my cousin, one of my cousins is, we're we're the same age. Uh, You're best man at my wedding. The whole nine were very close. Um, And also, one of the another reasons why is it's my dad's younger sister is his mom. Uh, my dad's best friend married my dad's younger sister, who was my uncle. So it was, you know, easy to, you know, it was no big deal driving two hours to go see family or them coming down here. But I'm very, very, very lucky in the sense that I still have the same group of best friends since basically kindergarten, kindergarten, yeah. first, second grade. Uh, you know, all of each other are in each other's weddings. Now we're having kids, you know, houses, the whole nine. Um, so I'm very, very fortunate from someone that doesn't have any biological siblings. I always joke and say, you know, my five, six best friends are the closest things that I got to brothers, you know. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's, it really, that's not, really is. That's not common. No. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lucky in that way too, because my the best man at my wedding, he still lives five minutes away. We still hang out. And the other... Uh, most of the people, four out of the five people that were me, my best men, um, that were in my wedding, all kind of live in the area. That's great. And it's yeah, we all still hang out. We went to school, we went to Catholic school. So from like okay. kindergarten, I came friends with them in like fourth, fifth grade. But yeah, we're still friends. But most of the other, you know, most of the guys I know that aren't in my little friend group, it's not that way. It's I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. And you know, and then when you talk to people about it, they always say to me, I don't know if they say this to you, but like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I wish I wish I had that, like in a way, you know, and my favorite part about it now is all my friends, everyone's having kids. And now yeah. the kids are hanging out together. Yeah. And we all don't live in the same town. We live in different towns, but they all are within 15, 20 minutes of each other. Mm. Um, so but it's just it's great. I mean, and the kids are young right now. Um, so it's great to have them be able to get together, you know, and just hopefully start a friendship very young and see where it, you know, continues over time. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully never know. Yeah. You never um, know. Um, yeah. My, like I said, I came from a big family. Everyone kind of lives in the area. Everyone has kids. And so same thing, our kids, huge group of cousins they get to play with, but everyone's pretty close. Everyone lives Besides a couple of the siblings, everyone lives pretty much within 10 minutes, which is Well, that's wild. great. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I, just to ask you a question, I know it's yeah, a no, podcast, no, but... No, go ahead. Conversation. You said, you said you're one of eight siblings? 
I have eight siblings. You have, so you're one of nine. One and, of nine. I mean, how were holidays must have been a blast growing up. Yeah, and they still are. That's and fantastic. We, we grew up in a two-bedroom house. Oh wow. One bathroom. Oof. <laughs> now, now being a parent, you really give your parents a lot of credit. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Because we would we had I was me and four brothers in one bedroom. Okay. And then four sisters in another bedroom. And my parents slept on a pull-out couch. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So they was a very, they were very uh, you know, that was a service part of their life. Mm -hmm. It was tough, but at the same time, very rewarding because now we have, you know, we're going on a massive family vacation in June. There's going to be like 35 of us in a huge house. And that's great. That is yeah. great. Holidays that's now are awesome. And, you know, it's just a great time. Yeah. That's what it's all about. In the end, that's really what it's all about. And that's what I love about family vacations to your point. You know, it's, you know, again, I think part of me, it's from not having siblings where you have so many and you still get to enjoy it. So now when I have, my wife is one of three and yeah. so, or even like when I see my cousins and all that, when they have kids, it's just nice to have like that house for the weekend and just having the rugrats just running around and making chocolate yeah. chip pancakes and all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I'm big on all that. Oh, hell yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. We went to the beach, I think two years ago, right on the water. And that was like everyone's favorite vacation. Cause you just, at the same thing every morning there's just like kids running around there's five people in the kitchen making pancakes mm -hmm. and eggs and yep. then afterwards everyone walks to the beach together and it's just a, it's just an amazing time it is and you get to just kind of do what you want to do like if you and your wife just want to relax you have enough uncles and aunts that can like are with the kids that yeah. are just doing something so it's it's just nice you get to have an ebb and flow of a really nice weekend so who was the Italian and who was the, the Greek on your side? Both my parents are Italian. My mom is half Greek and my mom is okay. Greek Orthodox. All right. And how does the, uh, the Greek work into your food palate? Oh, so it's very interesting. I love Italian food, but I'm, I'm more personally, I'm big on um, Southern Italian food. Well, I am Southern Italian. So that's kind of what I was brought up with. All Once right. you get more Northern when it gets into more potatoes and like actual brown gravy and stuff like that, um, I enjoy it. But to me, if I want, it doesn't have to be heavy Italian yeah. food, but I like a little bit more of that Roman to South Southern. Um, um, certain areas of Italy, I'm from uh, Bares, Bruzzes, and Sicilian. And I'm from Thessaloniki in Greece. That's my heritage. Uh, mm. We have no family anywhere whatsoever. I am third generation American, proud of it. Um, my, all my grandparents were born here. Obviously my parents, were, my great grandparents are the ones who were born overseas and came over to Ellis Island and everything. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you make any specific Greek dishes? Um, we did a, uh, well for Greek Easter, I always do the leg of lamb. Um, yeah. that is a lot of fun. Um, uh, but I don't do a lot of Greek specific dishes. Recently I did one. I did a, um, Greek marinade with grilled chicken that yeah. came out fantastic, but just in general, I do enjoy a lot of Mediterranean style food. Like my wife, she's part Italian, she's Irish and all that European mix. And then she's uh, part Lebanese as well, which is part of that swing over there. And yeah. so it's like, even when we go to Lebanese restaurants, it's like almost eating Greek food. You know, it's, it's very similar palate. Um, it's very similar ingredients and taste and everything. And it's, I love it. It's something that is really hard to mess up, 
so to speak, because you can have so many different things. Um, you know, again, like any other type of food, as long as you're getting good quality food, at the end, it will be at least a halfway decent product unless mm-hmm. you really overcook it, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, some things I love that I like, there's nothing, especially Greek Easter, but like I have to have my mom's avo lemon soup and it's got to be hers and the way she does it and just everything. It's just absolutely incredible. What's it called? Avo lemon. What is that? So it's basically, you're supposed to, you can do it with like a type of rice. It's like an egg um, broth soup. But my mom also does it with orzo at times, um, just to make like a quick one because it is a process. Because yeah. uh, w- when you add the eggs in, you have to whip it at a certain time and it's got to be a certain temperature. You got to let it cool. So it's a process. So if my mom is making it randomly during the year, she'll do it with orzo just because it's a lot easier and less uh, time consuming for her. But there's nothing like it on, on Greek Easter. Absolutely yes. Sounds amazing. It, it takes those, a knack. I'm sure. There's always those dishes your parents make that, mm-hmm. like, man, it was so good coming from them. Yes. Yes, hands down. And like one of the things that my mom specifically makes that I love is it's just a red light summer marinara sauce. Like it's just a couple it, ingredients. And, it's a couple ingredients, yeah. nothing crazy. You put it over pasta, you put it over chicken cutlets. Doesn't have to be parm, doesn't bake it. It's in a it's in a saute pan. It takes maybe an hour and a half tops. And mm-hmm. it is just it's one of those sauces in the summer that you put over. Um, you know, like penne or rigatoni or something like that. And it's, you don't have like those big, heavy clumps. If you were to stir it around, you would almost kind of go like, where's the sauce? But it just has that taste with the garlic and the part. It's just, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, my my mom, she would always have, as busy as she was, and as many loads of laundry as she did, (laughs) many times we would come home from school We'd walk into the house and there would be like just a feast on the table for us. Mm-hmm. And it would just be, she would make like little Ritz cracker sandwiches and she would make these little dessert things. And she just, she loved making it. And it was just, we would just sit down, probably not even say thanks and just like shove our yeah. faces. Scarf. Scarf. And it, you know, yeah. for, it was always a competition at our house. Like who could eat? Okay. But, you know, I, I mean, because like everyone wanted to eat so mm-hmm. and there was like as soon as something good was on the table it was gone in like 10 seconds <laughs> so like you had to be quick or it was well gone. you have nine hands yeah. nine, 11 including your parents grabbing at it you know yeah, my, the, my uh, best man he was always tells me a story that i he's one of three so i'd go over his house and then this was like when we first started hanging out and they at their house they would have just like a little bowl of peanut m&ms Okay. And that, that would never happen at my house. Yeah. Like if my parents bought peanut M&Ms, it'd be gone in 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. I must've been in like third grade or something. He said, I came over for a sleepover or something. And I was just like shoving peanut M&Ms in my pockets to take home. Cause it was like <laughs> starving child. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's, yeah. that's great. Uh, do you have, I don't know, you're in PA, right? You said? Yeah, Pittsburgh. Oh, Okay. Um, all right, so I don't know if you, I don't know if they ship for. Do you have Entenmann's out there? Yeah, donuts. You do. Yeah. Okay, so there were, or they still are, based on Long Island. I don't know okay. if they've shifted headquarters, but like you know, a standard in Long Island houses are you know the Entenmann's chocolate donuts, like you said, or like the co- the coffee crumb cake, 
and all that other stuff. And yeah. it's just, you know, I don't know if you listen to uh, Sebastian Maniscalco or anything like that, the comedian. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's this skit that he does in one of his first ones where, you know, you like you slide up in the socks and people come over and like there's one cake that you don't touch because that's for company. Like that is literally the Entenmann's cake on Long Island when we were oh, there. Man. Like that's you don't funny. touch that because, you know, but it's, it's, it's very interesting on how certain things, you know, kind of like hit your muscle memory when you think back to it. Like a buddy of mine, we were talking about something. I don't even remember what it was. And he brought he just said something and it like domino affected my memory. And it made me remember something totally different that was just connected in like, you know, what, how they call it. Um, uh, like, uh, you know, how you're supposed to like know people, like, you know, famous person through six people, like yeah. six degrees of separation. It was yeah. kind of like that. And it was just like, it's amazing how one little thing, like the aroma of a food can take you back to your grandmother's kitchen or something like that out of nowhere. You know, Absolutely. and it's just it's it's fantastic for me that for the, me that's French toast. My okay, we we would we would uh, stay over my grandparents' house. We have like sleepovers, and and then I remember I just remember waking up upstairs, and because of the smell, I can remember everything about it. Like she was such a good cook. Like she would would come downstairs, and there'd be like French toast and all this breakfast stuff everywhere, and she it would just be so damn good. And because I can remember that smell, like anytime someone makes French toast. I just like, I'm transported back mm-hmm. to waking up. I can hear the floor like creaking. They have wooden floors like <laughs> creaking down and then go downstairs. And it's like, oh my God, there's orange juice. There's French toast. There's yeah. all this crap and just going yeah. nuts with it. You're right. And yeah, it's, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, so what is like the dish at your house now? That's like that for your family. Cause for us, it's pizza. Like we have pizza every okay. single Sunday for like, nine years now we've been making pizza so okay so in your house it's like that in my house we haven't hit that stride yet because of the kids with right. my oldest we're in the i like four different things that's all i'm gonna have right now we, we call yeah. it the beige foods mm. um you know and with my youngest one my youngest one i mean he's not even two yet he basically eats anything he's an absolute moose um but we haven't had that yet we haven't hit that yet um, one thing though that has become more of a staple is um, barbecue chicken thighs on the Traeger. That's good. It's 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 a quick go-to. I mean, it's a, you don't even need to marinate it. You just lather it on, season it, throw it on, and just the way that it's cooked with the indirect heat on the mm-hmm. Traeger, it it keeps the it keeps the juiciness and it keeps it moist, and it it never ever disappoints like my my mother-in-law i love my mother-in-law i have a, i have fantastic in-laws i'm very very lucky about that and you know we all know my mother-in-law is a tough critic of um just food in the sense of just what it's just her like not that it's bad but what she prefers yeah. and she raves about the traeger chicken raves nice. about it. so we we just named it chicken a la traeger and I'm like, Ma, you, you and dad coming over today because I'm having chicken a la Traeger. Yeah, we'll be there. You know, you pop over, hang out with the grandkids and get a great, uh, you know, the in-laws bring the wine and we're good to go. Nice. You know? It's a good time. Yeah. So that's what it's been so far, mainly because of the kids, mainly because they're not just there yet, you know. But I did see my we have something in common. Your son has yep. red hair and yep. my youngest son has red hair. I've been seeing that. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it I- came out of nowhere. For us, anyway. For us, too. 
Okay. Look at me. Yeah. And um, yeah, because I remember starting to see um, videos of, of your son. I was like, damn, he looks a lot like Nathan did when he was that age. Yeah. He's got that yeah. copper, copper hair. I, I, I call him my Duracell battery. My, my <laughs> and so your wife doesn't have red hair, right? No, she, she has dark hair. But I mean, with my wife, it makes sense. She has that Irishness yeah. to her. So, all right, you get it. And we kind of, we, we found out that for two dark haired parents to have a redheaded child, you mm-hmm. both have to carry the gene mm-hmm. and it's still only a 25% chance that your child would have or could have red hair. And, you know, with my beard, or if I grow out facial hair in the summer, it does kind of have like that coppery tone to it sometimes from the sun. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I did, I did 23 in me because my, my brother-in-law is big into genealogy. He's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. So I did it. And it's really cool. And, um, you know, I waited for the results and I was ready. I, I want, I, I joked with my wife. I wanted 1% Scottish. It's all I wanted to be was 1% Scottish because my son had red hair. Mm-hmm. And I had like a tartan kilt picked out as a joke to go like full <laughs> bore William Wallace and just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. But um, nope, I'm not. I'm exactly everything I thought I was ever since I was a kid. But um, the cool thing about it is with, you know, centuries ago with who took over who and with territories and all that stuff, you never know just because you were from a certain area that your grandparents told you you were from doesn't mean that that's what your DNA makeup is. And that's what I learned about this. Okay. So like you and all your siblings can do 23 and me, and each one of you can have a totally different DNA makeup inside of you based on the genetics given to you from your parents. Okay. So I need my parents to do this because I want to see if who it really comes from because both my sides are Italian. So there's this Northern Italy region, I hope I'm not butchering it, called Emilia Romagna. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And it's this like Northeastern quadrant and it has a couple of territories within it. But Mm -hmm. within that region is the largest redheaded population in Italy. And that's like what they're known for. You know, so I'm like, okay, there you go. And it was kind of like in the middle of my DNA list. It really was, you know, um, so like just to give you an example of what I said, when I said I was from Greece, my grandparents always told me, my Yaya told me that we're from Thessaloniki because that's where her parents came from, which is all the way kind of, if you're, you know, you look at Athens and all the islands, it's like up on the curve, mm-hmm. like all the way up. It's on the water, but all the way up, several hours away. So that's where I'm thinking when I get 23 me back, that's where it's going to be. And it wasn't the case. I was mainly from the, my DNA was mainly of the islands. And then like from where like the Athens region is and the Saloniki was at, they give you about 10 regions per Mm -hmm. area that is like your big ones. I think the Saloniki was like either eight or 10. So it's very interesting that my specific DNA makeup from where my great grandparents were from is not, but it'd be very interesting if my mom took it yeah where her dna makeup comes from i wonder what hers would show yeah it's just it's very 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 interesting and i, I also think... learned on like two percent or less than two percent neanderthal <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's bragging mass man yeah exactly <laughs> some of my brothers i think two of my brothers took it and i was i didn't know that it could be different i thought that oh if, yeah if we all took it it would be exactly the same i agree and that's what i thought about it when i was talking to my brother-in-law and he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, if me, you know, and my sisters take this, we can have totally different. He goes, yeah, we're going to be Italian 
Irish. We're going to have the same kind of nationalities, but you can have varying different percentages. Like my wife could be more English and Lebanese and my brother-in-law could be more Irish or mm-hmm. whatever other makeup they are. My other sister-in-law could be whatever. You know, so that's the interesting part. It's very, in my opinion, it's, it's very interesting. So you, you've got a redhead son. Did you get the old ladies rubbing his head at the supermarket? Oh, they don't rub his head, but everyone stops. Every woman stops and goes, oh my God, that hair. And they go, yeah. the old ladies specifically say this. You can't buy that color if you tried. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like, like, I don't know. I see your son in a couple of videos or on posts. I can't really tell, but Grant has more of um, like copper and auburn like hair. Like mm-hmm. not so much um, like orange red. Um, and that's what I was expecting because yeah. he, he came out when he was born, he was dark brown. And mm-hmm. then it was like, what you know how they lose hair and then they get it back again? Like they're like old men that bald and keep coming around. <laughs> like every like cycle, it got like this hint of copper and red. And, you know, obviously in the summer with the sun, it's redder. You know, yeah. and more pronounced, but it's I love it. Like I'm one of those guys that like I got a redhead. You know, like I, I think it, I think it's so cool. It's so oh, cool. it's amazing. I tell them all the times, like man, you are unique. You are yes. look at everyone else. You want to be like everyone else? No, man. Yeah. You got everyone. Right. Everyone wants to have hair like you. It's true. It's very all the, true. All the attention you got when he was younger. Yeah, I mean that's just regular walking through Target, and not so much anymore now that he's nine. But man, when he was a baby, when he was a toddler, it was just like it was like he was a lady with a pregnant belly. They had people had no shame oh, touching him. Yeah. You know, yes. just walking yes. right up, put their hands on. I'm like, eh, I don't know where your hands have just been. Yeah, lady, like, come on, don't touch my kid. It's like that's where the Papa Bear in you comes out, right? Yeah, well, you know, they're they're rubbing his head for luck, like he's a troll <laughs> or something. <laughs> his name's not Seamus. He's not a leprechaun. Leave him exactly. Alone. You know, but as soon as he was born, yeah, they. I was in the room. He was born, and they're like, "Oh, redhead!" I was like, "What?" I was completely taken off. Oh, he came out with red hair. Yeah. Oh wow. Bright red hair, right wow. from the get go. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's got like the bright red, orangish hair. Got like it. it's not. There's not even a hint. He's pale. Um, yeah. Like very fair skin. Like mm-hmm. he's doesn't like already. He's like, man, I hate the beach. He's like, I want to be in the mountains. Like he, yeah. he just comp- like me and my me and my daughter are very dark hair. We both tan immediately. Okay. Like if I'm on the sun for like 30 minutes, I've got like a oh, full yeah. tan. Yeah. And by the end of the summer, I like I don't I don't look white anymore. I hear you, hundred percent. Yeah, like I, I change very dark in the summer, and then my uh, my wife is like pasty, and okay. then my my son's exactly like her. But my wife's dad has straight red, straight red hair. So, oh, okay. So at least yeah. you knew there was a legit shot. Yeah, but you know, everyone's like, oh, the milkman and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, oh, I'm is, sure you heard that. Isn't that fun? It's like, oh, come on, what is this, 1952? Come up with something original. Like, it's try like, to insult me. Like, <laughs> yeah, know. I know. It's like, what, what, what jokes do I get to make about you since you're making uh, jokes about strangers having sex with my wife? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I know. Um, yeah, we, we found a picture of my wife's dad um, whenever he was like two, and then we, we put an extra picture of Nathan when he was two, and they were, it was scary. They looked mm. exactly, exactly the same. Isn't it, it? That's so interesting to me. It really is. And like my oldest son, when he was born, he looked like he literally looked exactly like my father in law. Like, yeah. we, like his name isn't Jim, but we just 
called him like little Jim, like as a joke, you know? And then it's interesting when my little guy was born, my oldest just turned three. He, my little guy looked like my big guy at three years old. Wow. But as an infant, it lasted about a month. And then it like, he became like his own person with looks, you know, but it, the similarity was scary because now if you look at them, obviously the hair color throws you off when mm-hmm. you're saying like, oh, are they brothers? They, if you really look at their face, they're brothers, they don't look like each other, but you, they look more like brothers than they look like me or my wife. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And that's that's weird that like they go through phases where they look like someone for just like a month. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of weird, but oh, yeah. it happens. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's cool, especially if it's a relative that's no longer with you, you know, yeah. or if they do something that a relative that's no longer with you would do like a type of trait, you know, uh, I, I find that to be so cool. And um, or scary. Yeah, or scary. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But um, so you were talking about your yard. Do you keep do you keep a nice yard? I try to. That's the Italian New Yorker in me, so to speak. Um, I don't water my driveway, that I can promise you. I'm not okay. that like, you know, city like in that sense. Yeah. Um, I was born and raised on Long Island. So no, but we I like to take pride in my lawn, especially since this is our second house. We had an apartment that had a side yard that we could mm-hmm. use. Uh, then we bought our first house and it was very like shady. So most of the lawn was not mossy, but like it was a pain in the butt. I, you know, I had to cut down a lot of trees, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This house is mostly sun. Um, it's the guy left it to me in great condition. And I just take over and just try to add. Uh, so I, I do, I do take pride in a nice uh, patch of greenery, but I don't let it drive me crazy because it is an ever never ending science experiment and you can never get it right and you come home from vacation and you're like well it's burnt done yeah yeah it's done you know it's you can only do what you can do and i know it it can drive people insane where they just pump like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into it and like let it go you, you've lost this season it's okay you could start mm-hmm. anew just rip it up and just overseed in the fall and just start in the beginning you know yeah it can really take over i have like I don't, I don't know. I went through a year where I was obsessed with my grass. And I yeah. looked back and I was like, why did that happen? Yeah, no, but, I agree. Like I was cutting it way too much. Like, mm. you know, multiple times a week, like an old guy. Oh, wow. That is a lot. Time. Yeah. Yeah, way too much. And same thing, buying too much, too many chemicals and too many additives to the grass. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, maybe I had nothing else going on at that time. But it's that's, <laughs> right. that's, that's, that's all I was focused on was the grass. I got gotcha. you. No, and, and then, okay. I was gonna say this this past summer, I just tore it all up, destroyed it, because I uh, I rented a bobcat and I live on a I live on a hill and I've got a pretty big side front yard, but then my backyard I wanted to extend it, so I got a bobcat and just dug into the hill like nice. as far back as I could. I still have to build a, a massive retaining wall. And that's like next summer's project. Okay, but the bobcat just destroyed all oh, yeah. the grass and then oh, yeah. same, I had to regrade everything with the uh the smooth shovel mm-hmm. and it was it, like literally all the grass in my entire property was just mud oh. and then 
and then I had to reseed and redo everything. So right yeah. now it's in it's in bad shape. It's like gonna be a multi-year process. Oh yeah, I mean, based on what you're saying, and I am no lawn expert by any stretch of imagination. I learned a lot of my stuff from my dad growing up, and then when I go to like the sod farm to get the seed and stuff like that, I just ask the professionals questions. Mm-hmm. And I actually learned a lot from these guys on Instagram. Like they're absolutely fantastic, and that's a great little community in and of itself. They're always looking to help. Um, so you could definitely reach out to a bunch of them because they're awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, based on what you're saying, you're looking at, yeah, at least like two years to get it back to maybe three yeah. years to get it back to where you want. Only because it seems like you're starting from nothing again. Pretty much. You know, so <laughs> I know it's it's brutal because, you know, that's something like if someone's going to put in a patio, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And they, they say they're going to redo their patio. So it's already there. And you're going to have mm-hmm. the guys come and redo it if you're if, if going to hire a company. And then like you look and you're like, well, half my yard is just destroyed. And I have a dirt trail now going from my backyard all the way to the street on this yeah. random side of my house. This is going to cost me like $5,000 extra yeah. than I already budgeted. Like you have to budget in for like grass for these like construction mm-hmm. projects because it's crazy. You know? I always look at and run golf season. Drive, when I, I'm in a golf league, we go to the, nice. on my way to the golf league, there's this, this old guy, he's always in, it's always a hundred degrees out. And he's always in full dress pants, overalls, long sleeve collared shirt with cool. like scissors, you know, clipping his lawn and, and clipping the hedges. He's got nothing. That's like what he's doing that month is, okay. is doing his yard. Yeah. And I always think whenever I'm doing my yard, don't be that guy. Don't yeah. love your yard that much where you're. Yes. Yes. I agree. Something to do that. Yes. You're a hundred percent right. And like now, like with the yard, it's, I do it when I can. I cut the lawn once a week. Um, and, you know, edging is the biggest pain in the butt because you just got to, because I'm a little type A, whatever. And, you know, you got to go around. And then by the pool fencing, it's like, vroom, 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 vroom. and it's just like, after a while, sometimes it's a little annoying. Sometimes you get to it. Sometimes you don't, depending on, you know, what's more important. If the kids are in the pool and they're like, dad, 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 drop the edger and get in the pool, you know? Yeah. You guys have any pets, any dogs that, no, not yet. Uh, we have two dogs and there are kids right now, but um, it's something that I want in the near future. My wife had a dog growing up. Yeah. She, we will, I've never had a dog. Um, we, I've had animals, cats, you know, in the past with just growing up, but yeah. um, obviously I've been around dogs my whole life. All my friends had dogs. Uh, I want a dog. Um, my kids want dogs, but we're going to wait a couple of years until they're a little older. So we don't have to worry about any issues with the animal. And then, yeah, we might get one this summer. Same thing. I've, I've never had a dog. I've always wanted one. And then, um, same thing. We had cats. We mm-hmm. around when I was like 14, when we started getting cats to the house and I, I hated, they smelled so bad. <laughs> we had, we had, fi- we had fish at one point, but we weren't good at keeping them. We would, we didn't know anything about them. So we would like mix oh, species of fish and like... then one, one fish would like eat all the other fish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, this one time we put in water that was too hot and all the fish died and oh fish the fish experiment was not good so we had cats but <laughs> but yeah so this my son has been asking us for a dog for like four years my daughter really wants a dog and they're getting to the age where I'm thinking like all right how old are they going to be when this thing is dead yeah like, what right. what at what year am I going to deal with the trauma of a dead mm-hmm. of a dying dog so yeah. And like right now, I'm like, okay, well, if I do it now, if I we get a puppy now, it's going to be, you know, when Nathan goes to college, we could, we could handle that then. 
And same thing. Like we're not having any more kids. So a dog could be a fun companion, could be a fun Mm -hmm. friend, and it could be a good project for them to to work at. So we we probably will get one this summer. Nice. Are you going to like any idea on what type you do the straight adopt or what are you thinking? We're thinking, um, we like, my son really wants a German Shepherd that's way too big for us, but. Oh, I'm a big German Shepherd guy. I'm a big Shepherd guy. I love it. I love it. I love German Shepherds and Golden Retrievers. They have that size of dog too, yep. but I'm not ready to handle that. I'm thinking like a more medium-sized dog, like a Brittany Spaniel, some type of nice. smaller, medium Spaniel yeah. kind of dog. I hear you. Very nice. Yeah. So before I get that, it's a good project for them. Yeah, there's this, uh, where I live, it's kind of like a community within a community, just like where we are. Yeah. And, you know, so everyone kind of, not knows everyone, but, you know, people that walk and kind of like see the same people over and over again, just like mm-hmm. neighborly hello. And there's this mom- well, this woman that's a mom because her daughter lives there. That's why I said his mom. And they, they, have, they have this Belgian Malinois. It's like the canine dog that's not a German Shepherd. Okay. okay. So, like, you know what it looks like? And they had it since a puppy. And I have fallen in love with this type of dog. Because, like, my thing is I would like to have a dog that's fun, playful, agile, you know, have fun with the kids the whole nine, be able to, you know, be active. And you need to walk it and stuff to teach them responsibility and stuff as well, even though we know we most likely get that duty as dads. Um, But also I want a dog that is, because sometimes with my job, you got to like go into the city for a couple of days, whatever like that. So one that is like defensive, but naturally defensive. So Mm -hmm. like your point about German Shepherds, my mom had one growing up and like basic obedience training is perfectly fine, right? It's what you do. It's perfectly fine. And the trainer who was an ex-police dog trainer told my grandmother, that, I mean, this is going back, obviously, this is like the 60s or 70s, but he's like, you do not need to train a German Shepherd or any type of dog like that more than standard obedience training. Because if you do, they're already aware of their surroundings and they're already going to be defensive of the family if they need to be. Well, and then again, this is hearsay through two generations of stories, okay? So yeah. this in mind. Um, and he said, if you give it more training and more of like defensive training, then it becomes hyper aware and starts to look for issues when issues really aren't there. Ooh, that sounds awful. Yeah. So like, that's why like, it just give me like, if you are a, a bad person and you're walking up to someone's house to do something you shouldn't be doing and you see a German shepherd or even a Great Dane, something that size, you don't mess with that. You just turn around and leave. Yeah. You know? Yeah, a dog, a dog that wants to, that like sees problems when there are none. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, that sounds like a dog that doesn't stop barking. Yeah, 100%. But again, it's like the same thing as, you know, we could talk about like pit bulls. It has to do with the environment they're brought up in. Yeah. Give them a good environment. Don't overly train. Let them be themselves like kids, right? Yeah. Exactly. And go from there, you know? And, and speaking of your kids, like what? There's a lot of different styles of parenting. There's really hell. There's helicopter parents. There's yep. let them do what they want. Like, where do you where do you fall in the midst of that? Like, do you let your kids? Is it more like go get dirty and hurt yourself and learn a lesson, or prevent in the first place? Where do you fall? I'm big on learn by doing. Learn by doing it. Um, obviously, if my son is balancing on top of the play area and it's a ten foot drop. I'm going to run over there and be like, not scream so I don't startle him and he falls anyway, you know, um, but it's more like common sense. Like one thing, and 
I am by no stretch of the imagination an authority in any of this. Um, but I'm more of the kind of like, I don't tell them, be careful. I tell them, pay attention. Just pay attention uh, okay. to what you're doing. Pay it, Like if he's up, like, you know, balancing on something because he plays like the floor is lava. So he'll put like things and does his balance and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, pay attention to your balance. Pay attention to how your body is going like this. Just mm-hmm. so he becomes aware. You know, he's four and a half. He'll be five uh, summer, um, you know. So it's just more about just like getting him to be more aware of his surroundings and things in general and his body and how body weight and all that other stuff moves. And like, hey, like this is 10 feet up. Maybe I shouldn't be here. But my oldest one is more cautious by nature in general. My youngest, who's not even two yet, he is, I mean... If there is something that looks remotely dangerous, he sprints at it, just sprints mm. at it. Like, I mean, he will get on the couch and you have to walk in line with him on the couch because <laughs> he'll just like trust fall off for no reason, <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Like, dude, what are you doing? So like, he's more the one that we're like watching um, mm-hmm. because I mean, he is just, and he does it with a smile. He's like, whoa, it's a big deal, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's I try not to be a helicopter parent. Um, I know people are, and that's fine. That's their style. They yeah. feel that that works best for them and their, and their child. Um, being an only child, my parents weren't helicopter parents, not mm. to my knowledge. We also grew up in a different time. Um, yeah. You know, we grew up in a different time where you knew where all the kids were, all the bikes were in the front yard of that house, um, type of thing. You know, we don't have that now. Um, is the world a different place? Yeah. Uh, do I think as they get older, there might be a little bit more like keeping tabs? Yeah, I do. Um, but you never know. There's different things that you can do without them knowing also, because I feel like in my own opinion, you know, they have to feel that you have the confidence in them to do what's right or what's safe or what they're supposed to do in a sense, you know, as they get older. So. I remember when my wife was pregnant with my oldest and she was like ready to give birth. And I asked my dad, and I was like, dad, like my dad is an awesome dad. He's an awesome dad. And he's extremely humble about it. And, um, you know, I was like, dad, like, how do you, how did you like do it? Like, you know, like what, what do you do? He goes, honestly, Paul, he's like, I, my dad's name is also Paul. He goes, says to me, he goes, I just gave you the best, values and morals and taught you right from wrong and when he got older i just prayed to god it stuck he goes all i did was i just tried to follow you as you grew and just tried to give you wisdom so to speak or advice as you were growing from a small age to whenever and i just prayed to god it took hold because that's all you can do because at the end of the day you're your own person as you get older and you're going to make your own decisions i just hope that i was able to instill something in you that makes you think a little bit before you do something it sounds like he's being very humble and obviously you have such a great opinion of him that he's not just giving you a little bit of wisdom along the way he's giving you like a life to model yeah a hundred percent and like my father um gave me well didn't give me but like he was someone that led by example in a sense my dad is my dad blue collar worker um union guy uh not on long island outside of long island he drove an hour and a half to work every day would wake up at four o'clock in the morning, um, you know, to get to work on time, then drove all day for work as part of what he did. And then mm-hmm. sat in two and a half hours of New York traffic 
to get home back on Long Island, would wake up in the morning, do it all over again. And like, that's just something that was instilled in me just from watching him. And yeah. like my, you know, my father is an extremely humble person. And he's not one of those guys that's at work, like summing it up with the other guys and trying to be like, you know, like a big guy or anything. He's not, that's not his personality. My dad goes in, does his job, punches in, punches out. I do my job right. You got no complaints and I leave, you know? Um, so like, I've always admired that about him. Um, we're very similar in many ways and very different in many ways. I'm a little bit more intense and just in your face as a person. Um, not in a bad way, just, I'm just, just my personality. I'm more um, vocal. I'm not afraid to, you know, give my opinion on things if, if asked, I'm not someone that just gives my opinion to the sake of giving my opinion. But, um, you know, I learned a lot from my father. I learned when to keep my mouth shut and listen. And I learned when it's the right time to speak up, pick your spots, that type of thing. Um, my mother, on the other hand, too, you know, she was home until I was in first grade, like full-time school. And then she got a job at, at a local nursery school that I actually went to. But the woman across the street was a director. Um, and then she went, my mom has, my, neither of my parents have any college education, okay? Um, my mom went from being a floater, which basically someone helps out in like any classroom that like needs help. It's this mm -hmm. nursery school, like two, three and four year olds. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so she was there for 20 years. And when the, she became an assistant teacher, then a teacher. And then when the director left, she became the director of the school. And that's when I saw my mom change in a good way. Like uh, I never knew what she had it in her. And honestly, if you asked her, she'd probably say she didn't know she had it in her either. My mom is someone who she likes to live in like a nice little close bubble. She doesn't like a lot of change. She just does what she does, makes her feel comfortable and she does it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and when she took on the task of being a director, I helped her with a couple of things marketing wise, because that was my background to help grow the business because they needed more um, kids to enroll. Um, and we helped that. And then, but you saw her take on this business role while still being able to be like the teacher that was there for 20 years that everyone and all the kids know, cause they still keep coming back. Um, cause now those kids that she taught were coming back with kids cause they're my age. Yeah. And now she's the director of the school and they're like, Oh my God, you're still here. That type of thing. But I saw a, a change in my mom in a good way where she was able to kind of like she joked. She goes, I finally put my big girl pants on and did what I needed <laughs> to do. And it was really inspiring to see her do that and like really get into some uncomfortable things that she had no previous knowledge of. She didn't know anything, what's going on. She reached out to the right people. I helped her with certain things, um, but we were able to, you know, it, it was, it was great. So like, I, I get the work ethic and drive from both my parents. My parents have always um, supported me in anything I've done or wanted to do um growing up they've always been honest with me they're more cautious conservative people when it comes to risk taking i'm more of a um calculated risk taker i'm not about to jump out of a plane anytime soon by any stretch of imagination <laughs> me neither and it's great that you can have that experience and have that opinion of your parents and you've lived that life with them because there's a lot of people out there who don't have that you know there's a there's a lot yeah. of guys because i'm in that niche i'm in the, i have a a large community of people that I talk to every single day. And there's a lot of guys who are trying to be fathers and, you know, they didn't have fathers or their fathers were abusive or they're just didn't have a situation. Um, so which is, it's nice that, you know, there are people they can look to, to yeah. even if it's on social media to say, Hey, this guy's doing a good job mm -hmm. or, you know, look at your account and say, Hey, well, if he's having fun with his kid doing this, I could, I could try that. Oh, that's what yeah. you can do. 
Because you'd be surprised. I mean, some guys, they reach out and they say, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I, I bet. My, my dad left when I was two. I never had a dad. You know, my mom wasn't around either. And there's the, there's the most basic of things that you would say, oh, of course you'd do that with your kid. You know, they, yeah. just, they just don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, and it's, a, it's amazing people throughout your life that can influence you besides your parents also. So like, as I said, like, you know, I grew up in that a little bit more of a conservative risk-taking type of home. Like I grew up with the mentality, you go to work, you know, you go to school, you go to college, get a degree, you go to work, you work, you save for retirement. And then whatever, like, that's like the thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's just because that's how my parents grew up. That's how my grandparents grew up the whole nine. It was all about more safety than anything else on the sense. And then, you know, I always knew I kind of had some different things in me, like I wanted some different things. And then I met, I met my wife about 13 years ago. And to say my wife is my rock is the understatement of the century. And she really helped push me out of my comfort zone with like, I used to like mentally live in like a little bit of like a box. She used to joke. Okay. As, as long as it's in Paul's box, he's good with it. Or as long as Paul can make a box around it, he's good with it. And she really helped me not just think outside the box, but like live there at least, you know, and a lot of what's going on today and the life that we have, you know, created, we've been together for 13 years, married for Mm going to be nine um, (laughs) come November. Um, I know it's not 10 that I know for a fact, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a nine. Um, You know, a lot of that is attributed to what we do together as a team. You know, and that goes from professional life to personal life to also with the kids and just everything. Like people joke with us when we got engaged and we were, my wife and I, we paid for every penny of our wedding. Um, You know, we saved up, did the whole nine. But when we were planning the wedding, we didn't argue once. And everyone's like, how did you not like bicker, argue, disagree? I was like, we were just on the same page before we even got engaged. That when we got engaged, we already had those conversations. That was already done. Like, we're very different people in certain ways, my wife and I, um, but we're very similar when we say it comes to the important things like the values, the morals, the background, upbringing, mm-hmm. like that type of thing, you know? So, um, and like everything that like, I would not be doing the life of a dad thing if my wife did not um, think it was the right thing um, in the sense of like the family because of the kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, or if she, you know, if, if she was really like, I really don't think this is a good idea for like legitimate reasons then I wouldn't be doing it. Not that because she said that, because I respect her opinion and everything we do, we do together as a team, you know, uh, from every standpoint. So she's been fantastic with absolutely everything. And she is the best partner you can ask for in the sense of a mom for two boys. I mean, I thought my wife was going to be more of like a girly type of mom. Like I could see her having girls, everything. After having two boys, I, you know, she is full on boy mom through and through and now i can never and she even says it i, I couldn't picture having a girl like i, I just wow. it's just full-on you know like fart jokes so, so you guys are done yeah we're done she actually told me when we were in the recovery room from the second one yeah. um before he even came in she's like chop squirrels i'm like <laughs> fine by me you know you don't gotta worry about that you know? know yeah that's yeah i mean we're the same way but that's great i, I, I we're, we're similar in a lot of ways because for me I'm sure you know, if you've got guy friends or you, you're in any type of work environment where there's a bunch of other guys, it's the same thing for girls too. You know, a lot of guys bitch about their wives openly and they're, you know, 
that's just commonplace. It's how they bond. And there's a lot of women's groups who do the exact same thing, a lot of women's pages. And, and my wife and me always say the same thing. We're like, man, I can't hang out with these people anymore because they don't stop bitching about their spouses. Yep. She's I, like, we, we've left friend groups in the past. Like we've made that transition probably like five years ago, but we, we've had to leave different friend groups because they just became so toxic and negative and just constantly bashing their spouses. Yeah. And same thing, with, same, we went through the same thing whenever we got married. We did all of our planning and other people that were getting married who were our age were just constantly fighting about every single detail. Yeah. yeah. And for us, it just wasn't a big deal. Like we we're like, oh, you know, we decided this for the venue. Oh, mm -hmm. did you fight about it? No, why would no. we fight about it? We just exactly. both liked it and we did it. Like, exactly. Oh, photographer, oh, did you fight about that? No, we just both liked it and we did it. Like, yep. and yeah. that's like, the, we, it always feels like we are the weird ones. I know. And it's true. And you're 100% correct. And I feel like part of it with us um, had to do with that we saved and paid for the wedding. So it, we were putting our hard-earned money that we were saving for X amount of time into yeah. this. So like we both knew what we wanted look-wise. My big thing is was um, as long as we stay in budget and don't go over what we saved, that's all I care about. Like this, and, and we agreed. This is how much we should have for the wedding. And they're like, all right, how long we think it's going to take to accumulate this. And then that's when we did it. And then that's like when we set the date, like once we got the venue, we set the date a couple of months after that end time period for the financial mm -hmm. side, we did it after that. So just in case there was any hiccups in between or beforehand, we wouldn't have to fall short. Yeah, that's smart. But the best, the best part when you pay for your wedding is the night of the wedding, you get to count all the envelopes. You oh, get, absolutely. You get some back. You know what I mean? Some That's it, always yeah. good. Some of it. Yeah. For us, Especially the best part York. for us, the best part was um our wedding venue. We had to supply our own alcohol and we got to oh. keep all the extra alcohol. That's fantastic. That's a win. Yeah. yeah. So we had kegs and bottles of scotch and vodka for like two years after that oh that's awesome now is that because that was it was in like a was it like a dry county or that was just something that the venue did it was just something their venue did it was the it was the venue we wanted it was the look we wanted had everything that we wanted but their one thing was you had to supply your own alcohol and it actually ended up saving us thousands of dollars because they I just bet. add that into the food price and everything yep so it was like a couple grand cheaper and then afterwards we had all this alcohol the only downside was we bought like the cheapest I never drank scotch in my life. Okay. So we we bought like the cheapest scotch you can get. It was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So years after we'd have parties, you know, with my buddies at our condo and it'd be like, you know, late at night, everyone's drunk. And then it'd be like, all right, who's going to drink the wedding scotch? And then would, <laughs> we'd always end the night with this nasty wedding scotch. <laughs> That's <laughs> fantastic. The night. Yeah. <laughs> it was That's we, it's all gone now. Well, we, that's good. At least you don't got to worry about parties it. Finished it. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Nice. All right, man. Well, we're at an hour. I'm going to end it there. It was an yeah, awesome cool. conversation. It was a lot Thank of fun. You. It was great yeah. being on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And um, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Um, I am at L-Y-F-E, life of mm -hmm. a dad, underscores in between each word over on Instagram. Um, you check me out there. Always drop a comment. If you'd like to follow, please do. If you think someone would like it, please share. I appreciate all the support and I appreciate your support. I appreciate our conversations that we DM. I know we've been DMing off and on for yeah. several months now. Um, so I do appreciate that. Just the camaraderie and everything. Um, and your, uh, just so you know, I just want to say it here. Your um, wake up early for a week 
um, thing that you did. That was fantastic. I I told you that I, I dropped off on day four because I wound up going overseas to Europe for work yeah, yeah, yeah. for about a week and I was all messed up. But um, mm. no, it's great. I love what you do. I've always appreciated what you do and your message as well. I think what you're doing is very important. And I think we need more people like you out there, especially with this younger generation um, coming up. I feel like um, the generation just slightly older than us that has kids that are slightly older than ours care more about being friends with their kids than being parents. And I think people like you um, are doing the right thing that, you know, make yourself better as a dad and a parent, and then you're going to have better kids and the cycle will continue going for, you know, the betterment of society. So big hats off to you. And I appreciate that. But th thank you very much for having me on really, really, really enjoyed the fun free flowing conversation. And uh, I'll talk to you soon.